0: All right, so uh, this workshop is about sharing the gospel across cultures, and and how do we do that effectively? How many of you guys have had an opportunity to do short-term missions? It's a good number. And have any of y'all gone internationally before? About just as many. That's good. So you guys probably realized that once you got into that culture and into that setting, that it was more than just a language barrier that made it difficult to share the gospel, that... Oftentimes in different cultures, people see the world differently than we do. They have different values. Uh, They interact with family and community differently. So we need to be able and we need to be faithful to learn to share the gospel across cultures. Too often we share the gospel in the way that we first heard it, and it doesn't always make sense to our hearers. So what I want to do now is I want to show you guys a short five-minute video uh, of an unreached people group in Western Africa, and I want you to watch these people. Watch how they interact Try to understand what their values are, and then think in your mind, how would I share the gospel with somebody in this culture? All right, you guys will hit the lights. It's good. So uh, this January, this will be my family's last summer here at Snowbird, because in January, me, my wife, our four kids, we're all moving to Togo, West Africa uh, to work among these unreached people groups and to share the gospel there. So, yeah. That's right. Keep clapping because one of these days some of y'all are going to be with me over there. So I expect that. But so understanding, right, understanding that the way that I present the gospel matters, because one of the things that I learned early on uh, preaching in some of those churches in Togo, West Africa, was that the way I present the gospel with the idea that we're, we're guilty and we're in, in need of a sin bearer in Christ, it doesn't always resonate because that's not the culture they've gr- grown up in. It's not how they understand the world. So I need to learn the whole gospel and to present the gospel as a whole. So the way to break this down is kind of by different regions and what those values are. So we'll start with the one that we're most familiar with, and that's in the West, our own culture. So in our culture, we work off of an idea of guilt and innocence. We understand that we put a lot of emphasis on our individuality, our own right to believe certain things, but we also have a heavy presence and a heavy idea of what it means to be under a law. And we understand that when you break laws, when you break rules, that there's always punishment that comes alongside of that. So in that context, it makes sense for us to understand that we're, in guilt, that we're guilty of our sin and we're in need of a sin bearer. And that's what Jesus is for us, that he takes our guilt, and He gives us His righteousness. And so that's typically how we like to share the gospel. But we need to understand that in other cultures, like the Middle East and Asia, the individual only matters as much as they matter to the family. It's about social status. It's about community in which you belong. And it's all about honor. So in this culture, it's all about shame and honor. Right? You're outside of the family of God. You've dishonored him. You're carrying around shame because of our sinful nature. So we need someone to restore honor, and that's what Jesus does. We've dishonored God, and Jesus is our shame bearer. He takes our shame and gives us a seat at the table. And because of him, we're reconciled to God through his body. Lastly, in Latin America and sub-Saharan Africa, these cultures are stooped in ancestral worship, and black magic and voodoo and it's all about spirits and demons and powers and so they live in constant fear they're always trying to appease the spirits to find favor and so what this culture best understands is they understand the idea of curses and sacrifices which doctors they curse people spirits curse people And you have to make sacrifices to appease them. So they're constantly, daily, weekly, making sacrifices to try to appease these spirits so they're not afflicted. Because they live in that constant state of fear. And so what they need to understand is that we are under the rightful curse of our sin in a fallen world. And we're in need of of a better sacrifice. And Jesus is the only sufficient sacrifice to appease the wrath of a holy God. So Jesus is that once and for all sacrifice. So what I want you guys to do now is I'm going to give you one chapter. One chapter in Scripture is going to be Ephesians chapter 1. And I want us to look at how Paul lays out the entire gospel for all people in all cultures and give you some practical ways to do this as you go back to your communities. So we'll start with the one that we're most familiar with, and that's the West. So a practical way to share the gospel in the West is to preach that Jesus lived a life that we could not live, He died the death that we deserve to die and that he has taken our sins, taken our guilt and given us his righteousness. And because of that, we have innocence, like he delivers us blameless before the throne of God. In Ephesians 1 verse 7, it says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Now as we move on to a culture like the Middle East and Asia, here a practical way to share the gospel is through the story of the prodigal son. How many of you guys are familiar with the story of the prodigal son? Okay, several of you. So like this story, this story is a son who wishes his father was dead. And he says, I want my inheritance now. And his father gives it to him. And he goes to a foreign land and he squanders his inheritance. He wasted all on reckless living. And now he's starving. He's depraved. He's dying, and he says, if I could just go back to my father's house, I would live off the scraps that the pigs eat. So he goes back to his father's house and pleads. And what his father does is he runs out to meet him. He embraces him. He puts a ring on his finger. He gives him a seat at the table. What he does is he establishes honor. And in our culture, we look at that and we go, well, that's a pretty forgiving father. That's, that's neat. All right, if you came from one of those cultures in the Middle East and Asia, you would understand that the father is taking on humility as he does this. That this is a humble thing for a father to set aside his honor to come out and meet this son. And not only that, to restore honor with him, to adopt him back into the family. So Ephesians 1.5 says that he predestined us for adoptions as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. And then again in verse 18, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? So here this, help us, this story helps us realize that, that we're removed from God, but through Christ, that we're adopted into the family. Our honor is restored and we're given a seat at the table. And then lastly, and like in the culture that you saw in this past video, right, this power and fear culture, the types you see in sub-Saharan Africa and Latin America, in these cultures we simply need to preach the miracles of Jesus. Look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the life of Jesus, Preach that Jesus is the power for today. Right? It's good that we go into these cultures and we talk about salvation and eternal life. But these people are less concerned about eternal life. They are more concerned with, can Jesus deliver me from the power of the demons and the spirits that afflict me today? Do I have to be fearful of the witch doctors? Does Jesus, is Jesus the power for this life? And so we preach the miracles of Christ. Ephesians one nineteen through 21, it says, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. That's what these people need to understand. That all power and authority and dominion belong to Jesus. And what they worship now is the creation rather than the creator. And that if they worship the creator, that all things are in subjection to him. And that through the power of the Holy Spirit living in our lives, we no longer have to fear those things. So we see that Paul has done a beautiful job in Ephesians chapter 1 of preaching the entire gospel. So I want you guys to take these principles with you. Take them home. Take them into your schools and into your communities. And as you engage with people from these different parts of the world and these different cultures, be faithful. Learn about them. Preach the gospel in a way that will make the most sense to them so we can have the most impact on the world around us. One last thing in closing that I want to offer to you guys, talking about me and my wife and our family and this initiative that we have in West Africa, is that if you are a rising senior or a recent graduate, one of the things that we do there is we host a six-week internship program. So for six weeks from the middle of July till towards late August when you guys go back to school, you can come spend six weeks doing life-on-life ministry with missionaries, doing missions, doing mobile youth camps, going and spreading the gospel among unreached people, and you can learn about these contexts. It'd be a great opportunity for you if you feel the Lord might be calling you into full-time missions or you just feel like you need to be stretched. And even if you're not feeling called to West Africa, we have initiatives all over the world. South America, the Spice Islands, Indonesia, Europe. So there will be a place on the back of that sheet that if you're called somewhere else to say, hey, I feel like the Lord's leading me to South America or wherever. And we'd be happy to plug you in with initiative leaders there as well. And so I'll have those applications up here on the podium. After we're done, feel free to come grab one of those. And then before you get on the bus tomorrow, just drop it off at the front office. They'll be sure that it gets in my hands and I'll load those things up and somebody will be in touch with you guys. All right, so let me pray for us and then we'll dismiss. Lord, thank you for the work that you're doing in students' lives this week. I pray that you continue to soften our hearts and open our ears to the truths of your gospel. Lord, I pray that we would see you as worthy. Father, that we would recognize that through the entire gospel, Lord, that you have lived the life that we couldn't live. You died the death that we deserve to die. Lord, that you have taken our guilt and given us your righteousness, that, Father, you give us honor, you give us a seat at the table, you call us adopted sons and daughters, and that, Lord, you are the power for today, that everything is in subjection to you, and that we can trust your goodness and the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Lord, continue to work in uh, these students' hearts. Lord, I pray that there's any here uh, today that haven't submitted their lives to you, Lord, that they would see you for who you are. And they would trust your goodness and mercy, and they would dedicate their lives to you. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this ministry. And Lord, I pray that this will be a generation that will be called to proclaim the gospel to nations. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.